Welcome to the Feathered Desert, a podcast all about desert bird feeding in the southwestern region of the United States. Welcome back to the Feathered Desert, everyone. Today, we are doing another troubleshooting podcast. This one is going to be about hummingbird feeders, because we know all of you have trouble sometimes with other things that your hummingbird feeders besides hummingbirds. hummingbirds. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So Cheryl's going to start us off this morning with bees and ants. Yes. Two of our most common um, issues with uh, hummingbird feeders. So the first thing with uh, bees and ants is you need to make sure that the feeder does not leak or drip. And so we suggest that you try uh, style feeders um, that are um, keep the nectar uh, away from the port where the hummingbird is going to taste it. So often gravity feeders, which are those feeders that you turn upside down and the nectar pours into a dish, um, drip due to force of gravity and worn out O-rings. And so that's why um, sometimes on those kind of feeders, you get a collection of ants or wasps or yellow jackets or bees there. Uh, make sure that uh, there are no yellow ports because bees cannot see the color red, but they can see yellow and white, which I was surprised about. And that attracts them to the feeder. So if you've got hummingbird uh, feeder filled with that sweet nectar and you're putting um, yellow and white flowers on it, well, um, that's just an imitation for the bees. Um, you can try nectar guards. Our Wilds Bird, Bird Unlimited saucer style feeders have uh, ports on the ports, but we make nectar guards for those ports, the covers on the back. And it's a rubberized tip that the hummingbird can easily manipulate, but bees um, cannot and ants can't either get in there. So it keeps them out of it. Um, get a feeder uh, with an ant moat or purchase an ant moat. Um, the, an ant moat is a um, round saucer uh, cup that hangs above the feeder if it doesn't come with the feeder and you fill it with water to keep the ants from getting into the nectar. Now once ants get into nectar, this I thought was interesting, hummingbirds will not eat it because ants release a danger chemical to protect other ants. So it warns other ants about the danger of the nectar and that taints the nectar and it doesn't taste good to the hummingbirds. So um, some ant moats promote the use of oil in a moat, but oil can get on the hummingbird's uh, feathers. So we don't suggest that. We just keep, um, we just suggest that you fill it with water and it prevents the hummingbirds from getting sticky and your ant moat from getting sticky in the warmer weather. And we're on to... Uh, what Kirsten's going to talk about next and how she solved her woodpecker issue. Yes, this one was very unique to me. Um, uh, for those of you who've heard our podcast before, you know that I didn't grow up here in the Arizona area. I grew up in Texas, and then I've lived on the East Coast. We do not have problems with woodpeckers and hummingbird feeders there. That is not an issue. So when I first came <laughs> here and I first put my hummingbird feeder up, the first time I saw the woodpecker on the hummingbird feeder, I was like, oh, look at that. Isn't that cute? And then after he did it about 10 more times, I was like, okay, this isn't funny. Yeah, it's not funny anymore. Because <laughs> um, my hummingbirds would fly by, and they'd see the big old giant woodpecker at the hummingbird feeder and they fly away and I'm like okay no I'm not feeding you so I did a little research there and I found out that here in the desert southwest we have Gila woodpeckers and we have gilded flickers 
which are similar to northern flickers, which I was used to, but the northern flickers on the east coast, they eat bugs. They do not get up on my hummingbird feeder. So once I found out what it is that the Gila and Gilded Flickers like, then I took some more steps. So to let you know, the reason that they're on your hummingbird feeder is because both of them like nectar. And one of the main things that the Gila woodpecker does is actually pollinate the saguaro cactus, which is an extremely important job for him to do. But when the flowers are not blooming on the saguaro cactus, then they are attracted to your hummingbird nectar. Because they have that sweet tooth, Kirsten. They you do. You can't deny it. You cannot get away from the sweet tooth. I know there's people out there right now nodding their head. Oh, yeah, the sweet tooth. It kills me. <laughs> uh, so since we are so blessed here in the Southwest to have hummingbirds year-round, most of us put our hummingbird feeders up year-round. So the Gila and the Gilded Flicker both take advantage of that and will drink from your feeder when there are no saguaros blooming. So one of the things that I tried... Um, I went with Nectar Guards, was one of the things that I did first, which Cheryl talked about with bees and ants. And we've actually had several customers come into our WBU Mesa store and they have tried the Nectar Guards and it does seem to work. There are so certain woodpeckers, certain individual woodpeckers, not a whole species together, that don't like the Nectar Guards. I guess they don't like the feeling of it on their tongue or whatever it is, but they will not go to a feeder with those nectar guards on the inside. So if you're having a problem with that and you have one of our tray feeders that's flat mm -hmm. and easy for them to land on, try the nectar guards. That would be step one and see if that works for you. Uh, the next thing that you can look for is a smaller feeder without perches. Now I really like the tray style feeders that we sell at WBU here and it helps me to see the hummingbirds better, but it also gives a good landing pad for <laughs> the woodpeckers. So it's a toss up there. And I even use our, our smallest one. We have one that's really tiny, only four ounces. And that woodpecker still is like, I don't care how small it is. There's a perch on it. I'm going to land on it. <laughs> so that one is one that I actually do use. But there are ones that you can find. We have some here that have no perches on it. And if it's kind of like a sphere and it's got that uh, one port where the hummingbird can hover, that is going to keep your woodpecker away from it. So that's something that you can look for. Uh, and there are other ones that you can get too that are upside down ones. So it's not a gravity feeder. It's more like a ball and the hummingbirds have to go under the bottom of it and hover and drink from the bottom. And there's no way for a woodpecker to land on that one. That one you'd have to look online, do a little research on and see if you could find that one. So that's your next step. Sm a smaller feeder without any perches. It's, uh, you can try that one. The things that I have done, which I feel like I'm winning. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> I feel like I'm winning. Uh, but uh, Cheryl looked at me one day after I told her everything I'm doing. She's, are you winning? Because really, the woodpeckers are winning here. But it makes us both happy. They get what they want. I get what I want, which is hummingbirds on my hummingbird feeder. So you can offer other food, which is what I do, such as our suet squares, or we even have woodpecker cylinders that we sell here at the WB Mesa store and many other WB stores sell as well. Offering the suet and the cylinder distracts them from the nectar, especially when it is not blooming season, and it gives them a little bit more of what they want. So I use a sweet suet, so something like our fruitcake or our nuts and berries to give them their sweet tooth and then distract them from the feeder. Now that doesn't work 100%, but it's about 90%, which I'll take because my hummingbirds can now eat from my feeder. The other thing that I do also is offer an Oriole feeder. 
And here at our store in Mesa, we carry Oriole feeders seasonally because in the desert Southwest, we don't typically get Orioles except for during migration season. So in the spring, we will carry them. And I bought one and I put it out and the Oriole feeder is still a flat tray feeder, but it has a larger port. And so the woodpeckers can stick their face really far down in there and they're not struggling, like forcing against that hummingbird feeder port. And I now put that actually within 10 feet of my hummingbird feeder. And they go to that Oriole feeder versus my hummingbird feeder, as long as both of them are full. And that's how I win. And <laughs> the woodpeckers are also kind of winning that as well. Uh, so all of those are different options that you can try and start with those nectar guards. That's the easiest one to try. And uh, you'll probably end up having to offer them something like a sweet suet to keep them away. But you never know. Um, you can start there and come into any WBU store. Tell them you got some woodpecker problems here in the Southwest and we'll be able to give you some options for that one. Well, I think the Oriole feeder is an excellent idea because it's a win-win for everybody. It's a win for you, win for the woodpeckers. It's a win for the Orioles. Yep. And uh, do keep that in mind that generally when I'm having the problems with this, it is when it is not the blooming season. So actually at recording this podcast, it is our breeding and blooming season here in the desert, desert Southwest. So I am not having any problems right now with woodpeckers at my hummingbird feeder because I don't even have any hummingbirds at my hummingbird feeder right now because they're all busy nesting and protecting their territories. Uh, so keep that in mind. You're going to see this more often during the fall and winter. That will be your problems. Uh, you won't see this as much with uh, the spring and summer because everybody's busy doing their other business elsewhere. And we have a lot of blooming flowers. All right. Speaking of territory problems, this, this is an interesting fact that a lot of people don't know about. And Cheryl's going to tell us all about territory and hummingbirds. Yes. And <clears throat> we all think these hum these cute little sweet hummingbirds that we um, are so enamored with are um, so amiable. Well, actually they are not. They're little beastie birds. <laughs> they have, they're a small bird, but they have um, fierce, tenacious attitude. And they are very territorial. And they um, have a hierarchy too, which I was gonna I'm gonna talk about. So hummingbirds do not share well at all. They are territorial over nectar. Flowers, they're if they find like some penstrom that is um, blooming, that, that's a flower that they really like, they will protect that whole bush. That becomes their territory and they will chase the hummingbirds out of it. They are um, territory over buggy areas. Females need um, little flying gnats and insects for their babies. They will protect that space. Um, they're protective over feeders and they're uh, territorial over nesting sites and their um, where their nests are. So one way to handle uh, territory uh, year-round is have multiple feeding stations. A little little uh, Anna hummingbird really cannot um, guard more than one feeder as long as it's spaced properly. So if you space it um, 20, the two feeders 25 feet apart, well, he's going to wear himself out and eventually mm. he'll give up and he'll pick his favorite and he'll guard that and he'll leave the other one around. Um, sometimes if you spread them out so that um, he can't see one, it's like out of sight, out of mind, um, that works too. You can do, um, sometimes you have territorial issues because um, the feeders are too close together your hummingbird feeders are too close together or it's too close to um, other bird feeders. Uh, hummingbirds are territorial um, 
I mentioned in nesting sites, I actually watched a little video where there was a rufus, a hummingbird, but it had a little nest, and another female rufus was trying to drive her out of her nest, and actually trying to force her uh, fledglings to fledge before they were ready, because she wanted that nesting area. Wow. So females will even fight over um, nesting spots and over um, insect areas. So it's all the way through. Wow, beautiful little birds with such a big attitude. Now you said something about a hierarchy of oh, hummingbirds. Oh yes, yes, because um, Anna's are the, we have three main hummingbirds here. So we have um, Anna's, we have black chins, and we have Costas. The Anna male is a little larger, then you have the black chin, he's a little smaller and sleeker, and then you have the Casa, he's like this little round um, bumblebee size almost. I mean, he's just a little round ball of feathers. Um, and that the Anna's at the top, so it's the dominant humming, hummingbird, and then you have the black chin, and then you have the costa. So what I learned in, um, in how to deal with territories is I get all three of those in my yard, so I change the um, heights of my hummingbird feeders. The Anna's, they'll pick the biggest one, and they'll pick the one that's highest up. Hmm. And so I always have my um, eight, eight ounce or 12 ounce uh, hummingbird feeders higher, like six to eight feet above the ground because I don't want the um, woodpecker to get them. Uh, not the woodpecker, excuse me, the roadrunners. But I don't have a roadrunner right now. So what I noticed was I'm, I was lowering my smaller feeders to like four feet and then two feet. Hmm. Well, my black chins go to the four and my little costas go to the two. And the animal will let them. So if I have a section of potted plants, so I have one hummingbird feeder, like eight feet, then I have four feet, then I have two feet. And they're in the container pots on a corner where I can see all three feeders. And all the animal will let the others use those feeder, even though he can see them, because he understands that he's the boss. Oh. And they understand. So they actually like, they bow to him. They will, they will not fight him over those feeders. They will leave but he lets them. Wow. So they have a uh, understanding because they know he's the dominant big bossy guy. Well, that's very cool, especially since we have the Annas and Black Chin here year round. Yes. That's really good yes. advice. And I have noticed in my yard that they feed, they even feed, and even when I'm out hiking or camping, I've noticed that the Annas take the high, high road and the Black Chins and the Casas go lower. Oh. And that's how they work it out so they don't have to, you know, wear themselves out. Wow. These guys are smart. Very interesting. Compromise. Yes, compromise. <laughs> that is the main takeaway here, people. Compromise. All right. So there are other birds that come to your feeder as well. We talked about woodpeckers already. We won't talk about those guys again. But sometimes people see other birds and some people really like them and other people are like, oh my gosh, get away. Well, I'm going to tell you about one. It's the Verdon. And this one I adore seeing. And some of you have probably seen it. It looks they're the same size as our Anna's hummingbird. And you look at it and you're like, oh, it's a little hummingbird. And you race over to see it and they're like, that is not a hummingbird. Because its body is more shaped like um, your typical songbird. Well, you can tell if it's a verdin because they have a yellow face. Their whole face looks yellow um, past their beak. And then on their shoulders, there's these little red dots. They're little red epaulets. You can't see them very well but they are there. And if you have one of your feeders on the window, like I do, then you can see when you get up close to it and they, they're not scared off, they'll stay right there. 
The other thing that gives them away as being verdant on your hummingbird feeder is that they will turn bottoms up and they hang upside down and what they're and they're kind of going around the edge um, on the tray feeders that's what I have on the tray feeders will hang upside down and they'll kind of go around where the feeders go together and what they're doing is they're actually eating the crusted sugar off of the feeder so here especially when it gets really 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 hot in the summer when it's 90 degrees your um, nectar is evaporating very quickly and whether, whether you use the in-store, store-bought stuff, or you do at home, like I make my own sugar water, it still has sucrose in it. So as it's evaporating, it's leaving behind those little crystals of sugar. So what the verdant is doing is actually cleaning your feeder for you by eating those little sugar crusties. So most of the time when a hummingbird comes along, especially a big Anna's, uh, the verdant will usually fly away. So they're not going to keep hummingbirds from coming to your feeder. But... The verdant are a fruit-eating species. So when they come, they're coming for that little sugar like they would get out of a fruit. So you're actually doing a favor to these verdant as well because by summertime when you see them doing that, all the berries have gone by. And so they're looking for uh, food to eat as well. Uh, so if you see that little verdant, take a minute and watch his little behavior. You're really gonna fall in love with them. And you'll, you're actually doing them quite a favor, too, by allowing them to eat from your feeder as well. They're so cute. I don't see how you could get mad at them. I know. They really are just these cute little fluffy yellow-faced cuties. And, um, yes, take a minute next time you see one. Yeah, I think you'll fall in love with them. Uh, house finches are also birds that we get often here. People in the store at WBU Mesa tell us, well, there's house finches all over. What do I do? And generally what the house finches are coming to is they're looking for water. So I know on my very small four ounce tray feeder that I have for my hummingbirds, I use a ant moat above it because that one does not come with an installed ant moat. And what the house finches are actually doing is they're drinking from the ant moat. So they're looking for water and house finches are very uncomfortable on the ground. Uh, they will hang out with house sparrows and the sparrows uh, definitely be on the ground more than the house finches. It makes them very uncomfortable, the house finches, to be on the ground. So what you can do to keep them off of your hummingbird feeder is to offer a bird bath that is elevated or uh, a hanging waterer. And several different WBU stores around the country will offer different types of hanging waterers. And that's what I'm doing now, actually, is I've modified one of our glass hummingbird feeders that we sell here. And I just took the top off and I put water in it. And now the house finches, instead of going to that little hummingbird feeder ant moat, they're actually going to that modified hanging waterer. And that is something that you can try to keep the house finches off of your hummingbird oh, feeders. Very clever. Yeah, it's working out pretty well so far. All right, that covers a lot of different um, things, but there may be a few other reasons that they're not coming to the feeder, and Cheryl's going to talk about those. Yes. Well, other reasons they may not be, hummingbirds may not be coming to your feeder is for one, uh, a lot of people, uh, customers come in and they have their collection of feeders, but they have it all under one tree or one whole corner of their patio. And that, a hummingbird feeder too close to other bird activity is, um, they're going to know it's there, but they're not going to go to it because that other bird activity puts them off. So um, if your feeders are too close um, to larger birds, um, you sh that could be a deterrent to your feeder. So you need to at least move the hummingbird feeder 10 feet away from your other bird activity. Um, another reason you may not be seeing activity at your hummingbird feeder is that feeders may be, um, your feeder may be dirty, um, moldy, the nectar spoils. 
Um, hummingbirds will not revisit a feeder that gave them an unpleasant experience. So I don't know. I wouldn't go back to a, a restaurant that gave me food poisoning. So that's how they're looking at it. So it's very, very important, and we've covered this before, to especially with the heat in the summer, to keep your hummingbird feeders clean and the nectar fresh. And right now, since it's over 85, it should be every 48 hours that you're changing those feeders, whether you have one or six of them because you have to keep it clear and fresh. Um, you can sometimes uh, try moving uh, the location. They could not like the location or it could not be visible to them. So experiment moving them around. Uh, your feeders, not the hummingbirds, obviously. <laughs> you don't have control over that. Um, and hummingbirds prefer nectar. That is 25% sucrose. And so we suggest white table sugar. I mean, the basic sugar, not organic not raw, not brown, no molasses, no honey, just white sugar and water. And that is the best um, solution. And it's the closest to the actual flower nectar that they're searching for in them um, when they're out there foraging. Now you might seasonally, you may see a dip in feeder visits. Um, as Kirsten talked about breeding season, um, they, you, they may be visiting your feeder and you're not seeing it because they're going first thing in the morning, it's their first drink in the morning and their last drink at night. But in between, they're busy. Moms are busy looking, uh, protecting insect territory and watching over their nest and taking care of fledglings. And the males are staking out where the territories where the females are visiting because how else is he going to have, you know, relationships if he's not where the <laughs> girls are and the girls aren't necessarily at the feeders so that's one reason again they could be visiting when you're not looking but they're not going every 10 minutes like we're used to um they're going um you know m once or twice a day and it, you could just not be at, looking at your feeder at that time um one way to um continually have traffic is actually for more for more opportunities for hummingbird traffic is to have more feeders in different places and elevated differently at different heights and to add native plants, plants that attract hummingbirds. And that it does work. I have changed out a lot of my non-native plants to native plants and I have focused on butterflies and hummingbirds. And right now all my, um, all of my hummingbird plants are in bloom, in bloom at one stage or another. So there is, I have a lot of traffic for hummingbirds in my yard, but they're not necessarily going to my feeders. So those are all um, reasons. Um, it's a wild bird. So even though we think of them as our birds, um, they're wild and they're free to go where they want to go when they want to go there. Absolutely. And I know at my house, I don't have as uh, much of an opportunity to change my landscape as you do. So we've got these big ocotillos in the front yard, which is really our only summer and spring blooming uh, plant that would attract hummingbirds. And so I see them actually at the ocotillo during spring and summer when it is blooming, but they're ignoring my feeders. So just like you said, with all your blooming hummingbird plants, if it is that spring and summertime and you're looking out and around and you see a lot of your neighbors maybe, or if you're across the street from a park or something like that and everything's blooming, hummingbirds are gonna pick that natural flower over a hummingbird feeder before they come to your hummingbird feeder. But they never, they do not forget. Birds don't forget where they had a good meal. Yes. So just because you're not seeing them this week or this month, it doesn't mean that they're gone for good. It just means that they're occupied. 
somewhere else. <laughs> yes, they and they will come back yes, because they, they will do. Come back. Just like us. They write a five star review about your yeah. feeder. If it's a good place, they're gonna come back. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, well, that's about all we have to tell you about troubleshooting for hummingbird feeders. I hope you guys got some answers or some answers to your questions. And if not, of course, like I said, go into any Wild Birds Unlimited store around the country or in Canada, and they will help you with any questions you have about your hummingbird feeders. Yes, we will. Thanks, we have everybody. the answers. Yes, we do have the answers. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.